Hey everyone, it's Ariel Hawani, and I wanted to let you know that each and every week I'm part of a great program called the Ringer MMA Show. I host it alongside two absolutely brilliant minds. Their names, Chuck Mendenhall and Pete Carroll. And every Thursday, a new episode drops where we preview the weekend in mixed martial arts and react to all the biggest news. Plus, after every UFC pay-per-view, we give you a post-fight show. So this is what you have to do. Just follow the Ringer MMA show on your Spotify app so you don't miss an episode. We'll talk to you then. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. Shout out to that guy, yes. The Majesty. Oh, my goodness. It's professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, the world's number one sports and recreation podcast is Cheap Heat, and it's back on this Tuesday, June 6, 2023. I am joining you from New York City, where I am also joined by Rocky the dog and Bear the dog. Rocky, desperate to get some peanut butter right now, and speaking of desperate for peanut butter, we go to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania with the physically large stack guy, Greg. Let's be honest. Rocky... Rocky's above peanut butter now. He just is. He just is. Bear, bear, you might be able to get away with a, a scoop of Skippy, but Rocky is is <laughs> that dog. The meals that dog ate last weekend. I mean, he was eating and eating. Okay, I had the same meal, so I can confirm that they were they were luxurious <laughs> and mage. He had uh, Rocky had beef tartare for the first time, which was among the classier <laughs> things I've ever seen a dog eat. Yeah. Uh, after, SGG, you you, him, after you poured him some Avion. Yes, uh, it is confirmed Rocky had in, in, incredible meals this week. By the way, so did the physically large stack guy, Greg, who oh, shared a, a tomahawk steak with my friend Ballard. Um, Great guy. Great guy, by the way. Yeah, you guys had a lot of connections there between Philly and Rochester and steak. Yeah, I think I made a new best friend this past <laughs> this past weekend. 
Yeah. By the way, Dip is a big Ballard guy as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, he's a very interesting character, that guy. Yeah, he thinks he's a real character. At this Ballard. point, if you're out on Ballard, uh, SGG is out on you. Wow. Like, no, strong, yeah. strong support of Ballard. Let's let's go to Los Angeles, the just returned and very physically stressed uh, Brian Dipperstein. I am stressed. I, I, I the, the whole audio world, the buttons, the pressing, the levels, the th- these are not things that should be even thought of at this point. You should at this point in society, you should just talk. You should just be able to talk, and something records it if you wanted to. This is why I got fired from my bar mitzvah DJing gig. Uh, I, when be- I, was I believe it. I would have fired you with. I would have never hired you, and then I would have fired you <laughs> in the <this laughs> next second. It's, I. I probably got hired because I was good looking yeah. and uh, very charismatic with the people. They, th- they thought this, look at this charismatic Jewish, uh, uh, good looking guy. He'll be fantastic at DJing. And, and you then know, little I, do they know. I had a very a large knowledge of, you know, uh, the Rockefeller Records catalog and the Murder Inc. catalog at the time and, and uh, disturbing the peace. And, they you know, thought this re- guy's got it all. Yeah, this guy knows hip hop in nineteen in two thousand. <laughs> what they didn't know was he didn't know how to press start on a on a, on any sort of player. I, I have to tell you, it's a big frustration in my <laughs> life because I have to deal with at every gig I have, I deal with people not just you, Dip. I deal with radio professionals who do not know equipment at all. I have to. I have to say. I have to. I have to. Um, I have to give them a little slack. You have to. Yeah, I have to. I have to uh, lend my support to these people, no matter to the how, radio professionals. Yes, no matter how professional you are, the plugging and the buttons and the levels and the this thing, this cord goes into that cord, and the, the uh, buh, 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 buh. I mean, it's it's a crazy thing to have to do all these things. I and let me tell you how little empathy I have because I'm a DJ. So because I'm a DJ, I have been doing connecting and figuring out. There's not a thing. I get to I get random things sent to me by the companies I work for. And by the time they want to have a call to explain it to me what to do, I just explain to them what to do. I go, I already have it. I've been through it. I got it. And I'm not very bright. This is not like I'm I'm not truly technologically savvy. I can't put together anything in a house. I couldn't fix a car. None of those things. SGG saw me struggling to put a filter in the air conditioner this weekend. I don't know a thing. But when it comes to audio equipment, it's just like if you're in the field, and I I guess now everyone has a podcast, so you have all these people attempting to figure these things out. So everyone's in the field at this point. But it's it's that there's a whole figuring out culture to these things. It's kind of crazy to me. Why would that be I mean, crazy? How could that be I crazy? I don't know. It's just the plugs and all the things. I'll never forget this. I was a I was a, a bar mitzvah DJ, okay? And I knew how to pick music. I could do one hell of a candle lighting. I could DJ one hell of a – I could pick songs for one hell of a Coke and Pepsi game, okay? Oh, I bet. I bet, I bet you did some of the best Coke and Pepsi. I was the Coke and Pepsi song picker-outer of the cinch, okay? But when it came to the plugging in, you, you were loading in – we're plugging in. I'm not very strong physically, you know. I'm not a very physically strong person like that guy, Greg. But I, you know, they would they would time you. They would time me on how long it was taking to set up the DJ equipment. It was the most nervous, except for turbulent uh, plane rides, that I could ever in a million years imagine. It's the worst feeling on earth being timed on how to plug in uh, DJ equipment. No, the timing was unnecessary. That was just them throwing extra stress, seeing that you were already stressed. 
Yeah, that's that. They they actually had you do a timed plug-in. <laughs> that time was plug. cruel. Time that's plug. cruel. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, anyways, yeah. for for those of you who tuned in, not just for audio technical issues, but also want to hear about food, uh, there there were delightful things eaten this weekend. Um, SGG and I had two fantastic meals together. Dip had a separate fantastic meal, and then went to the house show at White Plains. Um, his first experience of a, uh, was that your first tiny WWE house show experience in years? I mean, I, I went to a house show with you guys and Skylar, um, but that was, it, that? that was, it, that was at Staples. That was at Staples. So, I mean, the last, <laughs> I mean, the spectrum maybe in Philly, which is still a huge venue at the time, you know, I haven't been to a tiny house show in for WWE, of course, in, in years. It's sounding like forever because so far you named forever. Staples and the Spectrum. So that neither yeah. of those are what I'm talking about. I mean, they I run, been to an, e- been to an ECW house. I was at an ECW house show back in the day, uh, which in the tiny venue I was at. You know, I've been to all the mud shows and all the all the indie stuff, but I, I've I've have, I guess I've never been to a tiny little show like that. It was really something. No, WWE runs a lot of them. They have they have a lot of random markets where they pop up, and it is a, you know. 3,000 seater. I, I think the White White Plains is what? Around three? Is that what you'd guess? Yeah. yeah. That's what yeah. Linda was saying it was around three. What's the place called again? The Westchester County Center. Let me tell you something. When you're sitting that close to Valhalla, it's really quite the terrifying sight. Westchester County Center size. Let's see. It's a 5,000 5, seat, it says. Wow. Hmm. It felt like I was, you know, I was I know. sitting very close. It, but it's, I, you know. it's very small. It feels very small, and it's old, so it makes it even feels even smaller. It's like a, a de, it's it's decrepit, Jay. Is it and, so small that all the sheets that all the seats are pretty made? Like even if you were like yeah. in a balcony or whatever, you can still be really yeah. close to the ring, good view yeah. of action. Well, yeah, there's I no met, far uh, away. There's no far away there. I met um, a, a man named Eli Roberts, uh, son of Sam. Son of Sam. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Has that, I wonder if he's using Son of Sam. He was a great guy. Yeah, really? Eli was a great guy? He loves wrestling. He appeared to love Cody Rhodes like everybody else. I'm I, telling you right now. I'm told he loves Roman, Son of Sam. Oh, oh I, yeah. he, he seems to love Cody as well. This is a – we're talking like the, 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 the regular sort of regular fan, everyday fan, the, the love for Cody Rhodes. I'm telling you, it, it's Hogan-esque. It's Hogan adjacent. Listen. There was some speculation on this podcast that they might lose people and that people might turn, but uh, I, I don't see a turn in sight. No, it feels it actually feels okay, but I, you know what I think that is? I think that's just good booking. I think that they knew what we knew, and I think that the path with Brock has served its purpose. It has allowed Cody yeah. to become a sympathetic character. Um, Who's and- a great guy. Who's a great guy. And now, I mean, I'd have to imagine after Raw last night, are we getting Cody and Dominic? I mean, we better because Dominic. Have you seen it yet, Dip? You had a busy night last night. I I did. I got home really, really late. I'm watching it right now as we speak. And I am about uh, I'm at the I'm at Ms. TV. Oh, is that? So in in Ms. TV, spoiler alert, sorry for the next two minutes. Yeah, it, it ends with Dominic slapping Cody across the face and hiding behind Rhea and leaving. So I don't know if you would say he hid behind Rhea. I mean, come on. He did what he had to do, and then he was out of there. 
Well, no, no. I mean, he very purposefully put Rhea in front of him to block himself. Well, no, he was trying to check on mommy because he knew that things were going to get chaotic. And so, you know, fa- figure out where she is in the midst of all this chaos. I think it's a very, wow. I didn't, very I, honorable I, gentleman. I thought, I thought you only represented the bloodline. I didn't know you also had to deal with the judgment day. It was a very honorable, gentlemanly thing that he did. Putting her and using her as a human shield. I don't know that he used her as a human shield. He was just checking on her and seeing where she was. And then he he had her back, literally. Yeah, that's true. He very much had her back. So I I guess that we're going to move on from Brock Lesnar? I think we're taking no. a break from Brock Lesnar. They have. They the I think it's just that Brock Lesnar is probably not going to show up at Money in the Bank, and so Cody, Cody is not going to take a break. I mean, the so, man's so, been working with a broken arm. So is the thought perhaps Cody involved with the Judgment Day in some way at Money in the Bank or Dominic specifically at Money in the Bank, and then maybe we get the end to Cody Brock at SummerSlam? I think that's what's yes, going to happen. Yes, that's what I think. The Judgment Day is really picking a lot of fights these days with a lot of people. They really they have some testicles on them. This Judgment Day. I I, I got to tell you, I really like that they're involved in so much. It gives you old school WWE faction vibes. Like they're on throughout the show. They should and be they on keep throughout coming the show. out together still. You know, and and it's like they feel they do feel like a, a group. They feel cohesive. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sensing cohesion. Oh, confirm cohesion. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the dominant. And I got to tell you, though, I, I have to imagine. You can't hear it right now, Dip, because you're doing the podcast. Um, although God knows how bad you are with audio. Maybe right now the only audio you're getting is from your TV. I, I don't know. <laughs> but I, SGG, they were, they're piping in that anti-dom sound. Like I don't know if they're, if they're piping it in or they're turning down his mic or they're doing both. Right. It? Well, like, like the boos are real. You obviously see people standing up and booing for sure. But there may but be the more level, boos on top of it. Yes. And they're definitely the doing something to his mic. The level of inaudible is crazy. Like they're it definitely last, doing something to his mic. Well, it's, it's either something to his mic or a, or a big add-on of sound. Like they're just pouring in extra on top. Because then all of a sudden, like it, when Cody started talking, it miraculously ended instantaneously. Right, and even with the Miz, when Miz is like, you know, yelling at the crowd to not boo Dom, he came in so much louder than Dom. When so Dom yeah, maybe, maybe it is a thing where, but I, it would be too risky to just turn his mic down. They, they're they're either turning up mics on the crowd, pouring it. There's some. There's a reason. My point is this though: the whole him getting booed off the mic every time is now very much a thing, and it's whatever's being done to make it happen. That's part of the thing. Is like Dom can't get a word out. It's and working just, though. Like it, it's working. Like oh no, I, I think it's a lot of fun. I, I'm not. I'm not against it. I just don't notice the the amount of piped in sound otherwise. But during the Dom segs, it's like it's very very intense. The the crowd noise in general. But I think Dom's still fantastic. I still uh, disagree with Dip's notion of any sort of go away heat. I think this is real hatred heat. And it, 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 you're not going to hear it right now. But at the end of the promo, I love that he ends up saying Cody is just like Ray. A deadbeat dad. <laughs> yeah. And Natalie popped really big at deadbeat dad. And like she finds that line every time it comes out of his mouth to be like an awesome kind of calling for him. And it is pretty good. Like calling everyone a deadbeat dad is kind of something he could run with quite a bit. And there are plenty of people to say it to. Yeah, he can run it straight to the world champion too. Seth 
Seth has a kid. Deadbeat uh, dad. Deadbeat dad. Everybody. I mean, every father that shows up to work. Deadbeat Edge, dad. Deadbeat he's very dad. sensitive. He's sensitive to, well, yeah. to deadbeat he's, fathers, considering that he had one for many years. He's he's, he's a victim scar- of it. He's he scarred by the experience, and he takes it out on uh, on many others. Um, also, uh, uh, moving on, moving over real quickly to Friday night, we got to spend some time on uh, the bloodline, but also quickly before that in the qualifying match for Money in the Bank. Um, I, I was disappointed to see. I knew L.A. Knight would end up in Money in the Bank. I was disappointed to see Montez not go to Money in the Bank. It seems like that's just like a missed opportunity for entertainment. I feel like they've cooled off Montez to a degree of that. Uh, like he's like there was like a tiny little bit of momentum for a second, and now he's 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 Carbone in the meat truck. Yeah, I don't disagree. I I don't. They're going to find him is. frozen like a like a piece of meat. I I don't I don't really understand it. Like he, they're simultaneously doing a reality show, and you know Bianca is Bianca. Obviously, something um, going on. Is there something going? On? I, is there something going on though? And is there something going on that there's nothing going on? I think that there, there's yeah. something is that there's nothing. I don't understand. I'm sensing, I'm sensing nothing from something. The second we were, SGG and I were watching together, all of us were, and the second that I saw Montez in the match with LA Knight, I go, well, both of these guys should be in Money in the Bank. So Agreed. what are we doing here? And then it ends up being LA Knight who's who's going and not Montez. I, I don't know, man. I, listen, I I know LA Knight is reportedly over and the crowd seems to really love him in person. And I understand he's older, so you probably want to move with things relatively quickly. But if I was pushing money onto the table onto a player and betting on the future, I'm betting on Montez Ford. I I mean, I'm sorry. I think, like, Ellie Knight is a talented guy, but to me, it's a very contrived character. It It is. The most contrived. It is literally, he he is the most derivative character in all of pro wrestling. Everything, Everything he says is from something else. Like, you're just like, I've seen that. Oh, I know that. Oh, the elbow. I've seen that elbow. Oh, I've seen that move. I've seen that. He's like an amalgamation. You know what he is? I totally agree. You know what he is? He's a a PC 2023 version of Eugene. (laughs) Like, it's literally everybody else's thing just wrapped into one guy. I'll tell that you might be is. why it's working though. Like that that might I be why it feels right. like the safe the safe pick, right? Because like we've seen we've seen this work, and if we're just gonna pluck the best from everybody and put it onto something, and then we see that the crowd still loves it, that that's that's like a low risk, high reward, safe play. I'll tell you what he is. Management. He's every one of Jays. <laughs> yeah. He's every one of Jays. He's I he's, mean the, the the most blatant is the Stone Cold Steve Austin voice inflection. When he's like, he he literally is emulating Stone Cold, trying to sound like him. I mean, you mean, like, you mean the voice quality when he the 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 actual yeah, sound he, of his voice, every, the sound of his voice, the yeah thing is derivative of yeah. Stone Cold, and the uh, and the the way that he speaks is like the the cadence and the the rhythms of what, that way he speaks are like Austin. Go back and watch; it's almost like it's bizarre. And Come then on, is bro. the and, and then is the elbow is the elbow like a bad people's elbow? Yes. <laughs> it's yes. I'm telling you, he's every one of Jay's. I don't even, I don't even, I'm, I'm starting to not even like hate it as much as I did before. But to say that, like, you don't know what I mean, like, I've had a couple of, of wrestling friends be like, what the, what are you talking about? I'm Wait, like, no, well, okay, you? okay. That's fine. No, no, no. Let me say something right now. You have every right to like LA Knight 
And as I said, I think he should be a money in the bank because I can tell the crowd likes him and he's in great shape and he's good on the mic and he's got the pieces and why not? But if you were to sit there and look me in the face and pretend or look dip in the face, I haven't heard this yet, and pretend that it's not derivative or it's not sometimes like, come on, man, like that's wild. That's just blinders. Yeah. And if it's not like, come on, man, like what, what do you like? Like, I don't know what my point but my, I was about to make a good point. Oh, I bet it was going to be great. <laughs> yeah. But um, if you could just watch L.A. Night and not think that like there's part of it that's tongue in cheek, I'll put it this way. If it's not tongue in cheek, there's something going on. Like right. he's d- deranged. <laughs> right. If there's okay. no wink at all, like that's just dead serious. Like you yeah. think you're just made all of this up. No, I, I think you, Ar- I think you put a good bow on it though a little while ago though p when you said like it's a pc eugene where like they didn't go they didn't go all the way to the left with it but they allowed this character to be pieces of his favorite character from a bygone era and put it together in a way that the fans are are just really clicking with but they, they were doing that conscientiously with la night i think he's like this is what a wrestler is and i'm gonna do this well that's the no, question. i think they might still be doing it conscientiously but just presenting it in a way that it's not like that's so different from Eugene that we're like, like LA Knight is appearing to take himself seriously. Like we all see where it's coming from and we see the influences because we've been watching along so far. But because LA Knight is taking himself so seriously, that's what makes him the heel. Like he really feels like he is this guy that's changing wrestling. Well, the, 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 well the, this will be answered. This will be answered because if he gets into a real story with someone and they don't bring it up, like they don't, the baby face doesn't say to him like, Dude, you're ripping off so and so. If if they don't ever bring it up, then that means it's not part. It's not that. You know what I mean? That, so and it's, it's cringe. So it's going to be interesting to see if at some point he were to get into it with someone. You know, like give me a story with L.A. Knight as a heel against Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now that's something. Now that could be yeah. fun. I would yeah. love. Can you imagine if he's one day doing the yeah thing and all and of a sudden goes, the, what? And then he, and then the, and he throws in one what or whatever it is, and a glass breaks. Oh, that would be high levels. Anyways, but of course the big talk from uh, Friday night, all due respect to uh, LA Knight, was Master the bloodline. The the yeah, what's what is it called? Master Ooze Theater. Master Ooze Theater. Uh, Master Ooze Theater. Another yeah. chapter. We we now get the official. Um, I guess the the official line in the sand was drawn. That was drawn was. Jimmy and Roman solidified they do not like each other. And Solo has made his decision that he is rolling with Roman. Clearly, the story that they want to push forward now is will Jay or won't Jay stick with his brother or roll with Roman? Roman says very clearly after the Samoan spike to Jimmy, when Jay and Jimmy are left in the ring and Roman and Solo walk out, Roman clearly says Jay will do what he always does, get in line. He's not going to get in line. There's no line for him to get in. He's out of the line. But there's going to be another there's going to be another segment. There's at least one more segment in it with a like make your decision Jay kind of thing. For sure, and I think ultimately it's going to be you're going to you're going to see a little while of the Usos versus Solo and Roman and that'll be a good, you know, you'll see that a few times. That that'll be something. Oh, you think? I, are we thinking that's the money in the bank match? Another tag match for Roman? Probably. Roman and Solo versus Usos? Yeah, I will I want to say like I just, seeing the Usos at the house show. 
they didn't like stay in character or the like a they didn't do like a will they or won't they but when they walk into the arena and they walk into the ring they have that like we're just here to take care of business type of attitude like they they didn't like you know there was no like clapping for the crowd or getting them to chant or do anything they're just like we're here we're gonna we're gonna you know beat the crap out of ridge holland and and butch and Did we're they? Oh, I've gone. <laughs> they have an yeah, over a no thousand versions. By the way, what a reversal of Forch. I mean, wrestling is such an interesting thing. There was a world where you went to plenty of house shows and saw the Usos show up and do the J-O-B for whoever was the hot heel tag team at the time. I'm not saying they didn't win some. They definitely won their shirt too. But there were certainly plenty of times when it's like, oh, feed, the, feed them the Usos. And now, if the Usos aren't taking like a loss in a major way on like a PLE or with someone cheating, they're winning. Yeah. yeah. And even like to speak to that reversal of fortune, right? There was a time when it was like, okay, you want to make the tag team titles hot, you give them the Usos, but then also you don't let the Usos do anything with it, right? How, how often were those titles on the kickoff show or the Usos were on the kickoff show of WrestleMania? And oh, yeah. This last over and over again. At this last WrestleMania, they main evented with defending the tag titles, and it's something that no tag team champions have ever done in WWE, and no tag team had done since the first WrestleMania have a tag team match in the main event. They are, to be exact, three-time WWE Raw tag team champions and five-time SmackDown tag team champions. So a couple, a few of those first times, there was not a lot happening when they had those titles. So very cool, just for what their their come up has generally just been awesome to Highest watch. Love. Yeah, and they're both really good in different ways, and they're both totally distinct. Like that whole thing of that they used to say of people coming up and being like, "Where's the other one?" Like that is mm -hmm. dead as a doornail. Yeah, like you know, if you, Jimmy, you know, if you Jay. still if you still confuse Jimmy and Jay. You're you're what the kids call a casual. Like there's no world in which you could enjoy wrestling in any real way and not know who Jimmy and Jay are separately. And that was not always the case. No. What do we what do we think about Damian Priest's uh, eye makeup? Uh, do we think it's a uh, overkill or what are what are your thoughts? Fair question. SGG. I mean, I'm not. I'm I'm kind of out on the guy liner. I don't think he needs it. <laughs> the guy liner is is is. Full fleekage these days. <laughs> I don't think he needs. It. I don't know what's going on, but it needs to go. It's it looks insane. Now you haven't seen the end of Raw, but when you brought up Damian Priest, I thought you were going to go uh, a different route with that question and ask where do you think he he stands within the Judgment Day? Because I don't know if you caught the promo earlier with him and Seth Rollins, but um, I did. Yeah, Finn Finn didn't look too happy when he said that he could beat Seth Rollins and he doesn't need Finn. I saw that. I saw yeah, that. He probably needs him. Is the truth. He's probably going to need Finn. There was a little look, and then uh, I, I sense. I sense the little. Uh, this is this is very look. interesting. So there's something weird with Finn that you know Finn caused the inadvertent distraction last night to mess things up for Priest. But did you guys see what happened after the show? I did. I did. I didn't know if we were going to go there because Dip is still in the middle of his uh, Monday Night Raw. I could fast take, forward but to we, the end. But we're so, here. so so Finn inadvertently cost Damian Priest in the match. And it looked like okay. Damian Priest didn't want Finn to do that either. When Finn comes out, Damian Priest is a little like 
Yeah, like, he, it, it's, it seems like so. So, dip, dip. just as we're saying we love how much Judgment Day is involved in everything, there's seeds being planted a thousand percent as after the show, Damian Priest walked in, walked back to the ring and shook Seth's hand in front of the crowd. Yeah, because this is after yeah. Seth after Seth makes a comment and offers to shake both of their hands, uh, Finn and Priest, and Finn goes one way and Priest goes the other. Well, there's no question that uh, Finn Balor will be offering judgment of that situation. Uh, that is correct. So, so why why would you do that, though? So if the seeds are being sown for Damian Priest to leave the judgment day, hmm. leaving us just Dom Dom, Rhea, and Finn? It has to be a swerve, though, right? It has to be a swerve. The, the bloodline literally split in half. Um, and a little bit of foreshadowing that Zach Linda pointed out that I didn't catch right away was that Jimmy and Jay were both wearing white, and Solo and Roman were both wearing black. So, like, we we know where Jay's going to go. He's he's standing in solidarity with Jimmy at the end of the day. Um, but the bloodline just split. Can you afford to break up another faction, especially a faction as dominant as Judgment Day, who realistically, like they said, they are running Monday Night Raw. Yeah, I, that 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 would seem very peculiar to me. I, I'm I mean, listen, I'm not the the sharpest stick, but I I. I can't quite think of why at this moment. Like, I still think Damien's got work to do, can still go further as a bad guy. I don't really understand that. Um, Is it a swerve? Is it possible that they're making us... That's a, that's a very... Way? So far, that's a very discreet... I mean, like, they did it off TV. They did a tiny bit on TV, a little more on TV. I mean, they, by the way, know, I, they're good I'm for gonna, like an after Raw video package or like throwing it on Raw Talk or something. I didn't see Raw Talk, but I think that they're going to make. I, sorry to interrupt. I, the 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 dirt sheets were reporting after the Damian after uh, whatever the big match was that Damian Priest had. Was it in Saudi? I don't know what it was. No, it, Puerto Rico. In Bad Puerto Rico, uh, Bad Bunny, right? That uh, he was being thought of now as a main event guy. So maybe they're you know positioning him out of the Judgment Day. He'll feud with Finn Balor. He'll beat Finn Balor, and then all of a sudden he'll be, you know. An A-lister. He'll be at the top of the card. See, see, there you go. Thank you. You just added some some a nice little bit of meat there. That makes sense. That, I mean, I whether they're right or not, we'll we'll find out. Now, I I don't all the way agree with you, SGG, that the J thing is like a lock. I don't know. I don't know that I think it's a lock. I could see a world in which Jay doesn't go with his brother. They've been together this whole time, right? Because even when when Jimmy was injured, Jimmy was the one who threw in the towel for Jay at one of those matches. Then Jay quit so that Jimmy could stop being choked out by Roman in another match. Then when Jimmy came in and Jimmy was rocking the Nobody's Bitch shirt and everything like that, the only reason he stopped was to protect Jay. Jay turned on Sammy to protect Jimmy. I don't think Jay's going to suddenly stop uh, protecting Jimmy now at this at this stage in the game. Well, they, listen, they've been doing a lot to protect each other this whole time. Well, hopefully, what would make it a good story is that that's what you think, and then that's not what happens. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the <laughs> we we all we've all fantasized about everyone's fantasy booked the one day they get a chance. This would be this would be a really good chance. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it could come even later if they were to ever get it. But um, Jay staying with Roman. And then Roman telling Jay, 
to prove your loyalty to me. I need you to go to Money in the Bank and beat the hell out of your brother, and we get Jay versus Roman at Money in the Bank. I mean, Jay versus Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy. That's uh, something. I'd like to see it at SummerSlam, but yeah. I think SummerSlam would be better if that were to happen. But, like, maybe there's a tag match, and then the, I don't know. But I just would, I can't completely just say, I mean, listen, the fact that they've always been with each other, they're supposed to. They're brothers. That, that's what would make this eventual, eventually <laughs> <Well>, happening. <laughs> Solo's also their brother. He saw, he saw his thumb ended up at the end. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's their so, little brother. That was so. really well done, too, the way he's standing there. And I don't remember if it was you or Zach who pointed out, but he's, his thumb is still out. Yeah, it was Zach. Yeah, and like the whole time they're standing there, dip. If you look close, Solo's thumb is just still sticking out. No, it's it's a violent, it's a it's a weapon. Yeah, I, I even thumb. love that Solo said, like, I acknowledge you, but these are my brothers, and like stood with them for a second. It was oh, always it was, for it was a second, beautiful. But would you turn on Nick in this circumstance, Nick Rosenberg? It's a great point, but I I'd have to see what the whole situation is, you know. Mm-hmm. And we don't have a younger brother. We'd have to make his son the younger brother. <laughs> so, there you go. This is very complicated, though, for me to even try to figure this out. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. Guys, I, I kind of like that the uh, kind of like that they gave Trish Stratus a heater. Yeah, we haven't talked much about that. She needed it. I think the Zoe Stark thing makes it interesting. Like, guess what? I think it's a great way to use Zoe Stark. What are your teas? I'm into it. I agree. I like anything that's something, and this feels like at least something. It feels like at least a sesame bagel. I can't commit to everything or egg everything with this, but no. it's at least the sesame. Of course, you can. Yeah, <laughs> was that? I'm trying to. What was the most predictable finish on Raw last night? Was it because uh, Zoe having a match versus Natalia qualifying for Money in the Bank was ripe? That would have been like minus sixteen hundred for Zoe Stark. <laughs> for me, the most unpredictable finish was Becky 
um, qualify, quite honestly. Agreed. Because. You thought that she was going to job out because of them. Yep. And then when they appeared on the ramp, I think I even put it in the Discord, like, oh, here it is. Trish and Zoe are definitely going to come down that ramp, interfere and cost Becky the win. But no, Becky, Becky qualified. They didn't interfere at all. And then. And Zoe qualified. And Zoe qualified. And uh, when Becky qualified, I, I think I even messaged the Discord, like, well, now I understand why you treat me like I don't know what the hell I'm talking about because I so confidently <laughs> said to everyone that Becky's definitely going to lose due to interference from Trish and Zoe, and none of that, none of that happened. So for me, that was the most unpredictable. No, I, I, I will tell you, I was a little thrown thrown off by that too, and then I was like, ah, oh, interesting. And, and and also, does it mean that we're immediately seeing Trish go into like background role for Zoe? No. I mean, yeah. Uh, no, I think so. I think it's going to be a Becky Zoe program, and and Trish will be the the you know outside interference. Beck, Beck, um, Trish will be the manager for Zoe because for obviously, in Money in the Bank now that means Trish isn't going to have a match unless unless they have Trish go against um, who is Becky's partner again? And uh, talking about Lita. Oh yeah, that one. Unless they did Trish and Lita at Money in the Bank. Which they could. I was thinking, I thought, for some reason, I thought it was Trish and Becky and another current superstar. Yeah, that one, Lita. That's right. I know her. I know her. So, yeah, Trish and Lita, maybe. But I don't know. Maybe Trish immediately. But it would be weird for Trish to come back, have essentially one tag match, one singles match, and then immediately becomes just the... You know, JBL to Zoe Stark's Baron Corbin. Right. That's why I don't see it happening. But I will say, though, I, I agree with you that this partnership between Zoe and Trish is is made for her. Because, you know, a lot of times when you call up these NXT talents, um, they start to feel a little bit directionless. Even if you give them wins, which they did. They Agreed. gave Zoe a few, a few good wins and allowed her to show her dominance. But inserting her right into a program with a Hall of Famer. And then probably, excuse me, one of the greatest women's wrestlers on the roster right now. That makes her feel important, especially since she was so pivotal. And it was an accidental thing. But, you know, Becky getting busted open after taking that that shot from Zoe at Night of Champions, it makes Zoe feel important. It's not something they could plan for, but it did make her feel even more important than just showing up next to Trish and being Trish's heater. Good point, SGG. Well, thank you. Thank you. See, look at that. You know what you're talking about. You know what you're talking about. And wrestling is great. No, we love it. We love wrestling. Yeah. Um. Hey guys, should we hit a little bit of uh, mail? We never get to mail early. So I got to run in a sec. See, exactly. You never know when Dip's gonna have to leave. Right on time. This is mail's right on time. Come on, man. I don't know what I'm doing. I know exactly what I'm doing. Um. Let's see. Where do I go here? All right. Uh, Hunter writes us and says, to my favorite podcast, not just for sports and recreation, what more must AEW do to get the appreciation it deserves? As a devoted listener who does not miss any Ring of Wrestling podcast, I am surprised that the Ringiverse claims wrestling is great. We love wrestling. Yet unanimously was not impressed with Double or Nothing beyond the Four Pillars match. Almost every match on this card went far beyond normal standards of wrestling, even pay-per-view wrestling. How can you say you've had enough of Blackpool Combat Club to the point you didn't even discuss the bonkers anarchy in the arena match? 
You know what? I'm going to watch that today after we finish. I am. You say the multiple Jericho Cole matchups disappointed. You breeze past Wardlow's 20-foot ladder dive and are gnawing off Luchasaurus's thumb. You ignore Jarrett Lethal actually making us believe they might win that long, high-quality, long with FTR. How about Jade thankfully losing and setting up a humongous Statlander pop? Sabu leaped through a table. Okay, some of the things you're hyping here. Are yeah, just the not war- yeah can, we, can we talk about the Wardlow dive, right? Because I saw clips of that. Are we not going to talk about the fact that he thought he was Shelton Benjamin and broke a ladder and then tried to also use a ladder? Are we Are going to just skip past all the things that may have made that match not as spectacular as I, this night? He's okay. They had spectacular moments, but I mean, come on. Every match was spectacular. We can't turn this into a a uh, crapping on AEW podcast because, because well, why the, would we? The, no, I'm just saying. Like we, I, I did feel it veering in that direction. You're feeling veer. I'm I'm sensing a veer, and I can tell you right now, I'm sensing a veer, Mahan. I can tell you right now, <laughs> he, this this listener is right. If you do watch the show, there's amazing moments in it. And the quality of the in-ring wrestling is astoundingly good, okay? I'm not saying they're telling the best stories every week. I'm not saying they're doing they're, – they're, they're entertaining us to their full potential, and it's not a mess, okay, at, at oftentimes. But if you're watching these pay-per-views and you love in-ring – you love in-ring wrestling, Greg. It's undeniable that these matches – they're going above and beyond to go crazy with these matches and make them quality matches. I agree. The women's championship match at a double or nothing was above and beyond. Excellent I'm not saying everyone. Coffee. I'm no, just no. saying the listeners. The, the listener did though. He emailed and said that uh, you're t- you're you're taking the one little kernel of something to argue about on this. Listen, that's, I'm just saying that's because he's a lawyer. That this no, listen, is literally saying, what lawyers do. The listener, the listener said that we didn't give AEW enough credit because we only talked about the thing that we liked, probably to avoid a crapping on AEW sesh. And rather than appreciate that, now we have to, if we do go in and go match by match, because listen, we we avoid some WWE stuff so that we don't, we say what we like, right? So we can generally keep it positive. But if we go through that whole pay-per-view and point out, look at everything on the whole, like that listener suggested that we do, I don't think we're going to land in the same place that they did. So that, think- may, that may be true. I, th- I think there's a place in the middle. I think if I think the better take from the listener would have been, I think you guys should have given more love to Double or Nothing. Right. I, I think that is totally fair. Like I, I, I did not watch the the Anarchy in the Arena match, and I read a lot about it, and I didn't actually watch the match. So th- that's that's a fair criticism. Totally. Um, that, that is fair. But to say like. You know, every moment of everything was spectacular, and we completely right, well, missed well, the boat on it. I think that's. I get it. That's, that's not what I'm skeptical of. That the point was that we're not covering it enough, and we're not giving it enough respect, regardless of the minutia of the email. That's what the point was, and he's right, or she, uh, he or she is right. That we're not. I agree, uh, but in my defense, here's the thing. I very I said this the other day when we were having dinner. I don't remember which dinner it was at. Probably the first one. I very much enjoy watching Dynamite. Like, I really do. I really enjoy watching it. There's something about the feel of the show. It feels like its own thing. 
it feels, it reminds, there's something old school feeling about it that feels really nice for me to watch, and I enjoy it. Like, WWE is a very specific thing. It is like a WWE product. It is only WWE. AEW is like a wrestling product. You're watching a wrestling product, and you enjoy the wrestling show. WWE is like kind of a specific box. I'm in the WWE world when I'm in it. The way they, things are talked about, the way things look, the way things are discussed. It's, yeah, it's all Disneyland. It, it, we, are in, we are in WWE Disneyland. And I really enjoy that, obviously. But I really enjoy being in just the wrestling world that is AEW. That's why I like the show. The reason I don't end up talking about it as much is that the stories don't compel me in the same way. And, I, and there's still a lot of talent I don't connect to. So I end up not... Maybe over time that'll change and I will grow to have a connection with more of them. Maybe the storytelling has to be better. Maybe it's personal bias because I'm obviously deeply in WWE. It could be a variety of those things. It's not because I don't enjoy it. I do enjoy it. And I don't think there's like tons of things to crap on. I, I mean, you, you, yeah, I could start the podcast going, why did Tony Khan announce the return of CM Punk in an <laughs> awkward backstage promo? Why has that become his new calling card? Yes, it's not that. that's not great. But that doesn't negate what the wrestling is on that show. It, there are a lot of fun, talented people performing. I, I do agree with that sentiment. We should we should do a show. I don't think we. I, I don't certainly have enough time to do this. But we should talk about like what the what what. <laughs> I don't have enough time today. But I we, I do want to talk okay. about how they can turn it around. I want to do a full. We could do a full Friday. That's a good. That's a good things, call. The things that they could be doing. What's wrong with it? And what they could do better to, to turn it around. And I'm not saying it's in some steady, horrible decline. I mean, you know, the ratings are what. But are numbers what they wise, are. Or not, it's not in a great spot. So it's that's a reasonable spot, conversation. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but what do they need to do? What what are the things that are off? And what are the things that they can change? I think that part of that sort of conversation, too, not to cut you off, Dip, part of that conversation has to be what Pete alluded to, right? Is a, a commitment to telling stories in a different way. Because. Um, but they're not not telling stories. I mean, no, they, they are. They're, they're just but not here's resonating. the problem. Here's the problem that I have with the stories, though, is like you don't watch you know, the show, so you don't see the stories. Well, part of that, yes, but too like with <laughs> WWE, right? You watch a pay per view, and then like everything that you need to know from a story for every single match, they put it in like a nice, concise video package that they that they attach a bow to, and then like they do that in AEW too. No, Sorry. they don't. They don't. And here's why they can't. They don't do it as well. They do it. But also because so many of the stories that they're trying to tell, they require you to have a working knowledge of nine different promotions that they don't have the footage to. So they can only like sort of wink and nod at these stories. And if you are not that deep in, which unfortunately I am not, I don't watch New Japan as much as I used to. I don't watch ROH as much as I used to. I don't have a memory for all that stuff that happened there. Then you miss a lot of what they're trying to tell. So for example, right? That turn. Well, that it's, it's a wrestling fans show. It's it's for but people that are that have that deep knowledge. That's that the Takashita point turn, right? That Takashita turn that happened. Um, it didn't hit as hard as it should have because you needed to be watching, be in the elite and New Japan and have a year. But they're not deep. interested in people that they're not interested. No, but in they casual are, fans' opinion but, of that situation. But that's the that's that's part of the problem, though, right? That's what we're talking about. What could they do to turn it around? And if they're gonna have to tell better stories, then that means. Not necessarily leaning so heavily on things that are happening outside of AEW. They need to, the one thing they can learn from WWE is creating sort of a, a AEW universe that's not so heavily dependent on 
what's happening everywhere else. And that goes back to putting all these titles on the show. That goes yeah. that that bleeds into every aspect of the presentation. I agree. That, 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 that is true. I, I agree. And I, it, it, there's some points in there I agree with and some points I don't. We criticized for a long time the idea that WWE only focuses on the top three or three to five stars and uh, doesn't care about anybody else. However, mm. well, I think that AEW needs to focus more, even more so on their top three to five stars. You know, MJF, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, CM Punk, I guess, for all intents and purposes now, and, you know, whoever else, you know, the the, the one or two others. I think that you they need to be a little bit more insular with these stars and sort of build them up into being like sort of ethereal and untouchable and sort of, you know, a little bit less accessible than they are. The number one problem with AEW is that there's the roster is too gigantic. You can't keep track of all the people. There's too many at the we 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 talked in the beginning how great it was that they had so many factions and it, it, it was old school and it was like, oh, look at the NWO's back and DX is back and all the four horsemen's back and all these factions are back. And to, let's be let's be very honest with ourselves, it's backfired on them. Everyone is associated with somebody else. You can't keep track of the names of factions, who's in the different factions, who's turning on who, who's joining this one, who's joining that one. That, to me, watching week to week is the biggest problem with AEW. You can't keep track of who is associated with who, and the stories are a little bit too thin to really you know, deepen it in your mind about who is associated with who, whether they're a faction or whether they're in against each other. So I don't know. There's a lot. We could do an entire hour on, on the issues and how to make it better and what's great. But I think that it's in an inflection point right now where you have this new show, you have collision, you have CM Punk coming back, which I don't know how I feel about that, but it is what it is. He's a ratings booster. Um, they're at an inflection point now where they need to sort of pivot in a real way on how to, you know, tell a, a, a real cohesive story week to week. I would like to do this. I would, are you guys down to do a Friday episode like that? SGG, could you actually watch a full Dynamite? <laughs> That's not up to me. That's up to them. That's up to but them. But you got to watch Rampage, too. Well, no, you got to see a it separate all. episode. I, I, I think watching one Dynamite, well, I guess. No, no, because you don't see the full. Of, on Rampage, you're like, wow, who's this guy? Who's this guy? Who's this girl? Who's this girl? You don't, you know, there's a, you know, you got to see the full breadth of what they're, what they're putting out there you know, during the week, I'm pretty much watching now again, fully. And it's, it, you know, it it is a very entertaining show, like you said, but there are some clear issues that we should, we should really, we should lay out there for the, the pecker. I'd be interested. I'd enjoy that. I would do it. I'd be down to do it. I enjoy watching rampage too. I just like rampage to me is like the definition of background wrestling TV. Yeah, we talk about it while you're brushing your teeth. I did have a couple of pecker heads actually send me pictures of them brushing their teeth in the morning, watching rampage. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> you know what? I got to say, you're you're getting you get a lot of messages from the peckerhead. Sometimes I go, why don't they reach out to me? And then sometimes I go, you know what? I'm fine with them not reaching out. And that's how I feel about the brushing teeth. <laughs> what do you? Yeah, I, I have tremendous engagement. With, yeah, you with really the do. GP universe. Let's that's go. It. But we Thank appreciate you. very good email, though, from uh, from Hunter. Uh, Jonathan has a more an easier subject to tackle. One more for me. This is it. To the faces of Schmier. Just got home from Goldberg's Bagels on Long Island, and I would be remiss not to share today's order with you in the Cheap Heat universe. It's a keeper. Egg everything bagel, lightly toasted. Hmm. Turkey. You lost me already at lightly toasted. Turkey. Why? Why? Why lightly toasted? You don't. You don't believe in any toast. A bagel should not have to be toasted. It's not about have to. That always annoys me. Have to. 
No, what, sometimes you just like the feeling of a crisp, a little people like right. that. Then, then get a piece of bread. What do you get, mean? Get a, why? What is a piece of why? bread? <laughs> why? Why do I, why? why? You're, you know what you are? You know what you're doing? You, you are so, this is such ridiculous hypocrisy. This is the same as your take of when people complain to you about how you get your steak done. Oh, is, is Dip a well done? Dip is a doesn't care, definitely wants it well cooked and does not care what the people say. You can't taste your steak. He says, shut up. I want the steak the way I want it. Oh, my God. That's right. Well done galore. I like it charred. I like it. I like it. A Dip, puck. I just want to say right now, it's rare that With an ketchup. argument. It's it's rare that an argument can end this easily, but yeah. if you if you like a well done steak, you cannot tell someone to not get a toasted bagel. I, I'm sorry. You can toast the bagel. Oh, pff, I, the worst is a is a toasted scoop that bagel. You might as well just order a cracker. It's ridiculous. Light, I know. I do lightly. I do lightly toasted and scooped at. How how lightly is lightly? I mean, are you? Oh, it's light. You, usually, it's very light. They are you micromanaging? The light? It goes it goes through quickly, and all you notice <laughs> it's still soft. It's still bagel. It just got a I, little. All right, fine. But I, I prefer uh, – okay, I'll put it this way. You could order a bagel however you want, but it, it should be able to be eaten without – I agree. – to be still enjoyed. Well, can I okay. tell you something? Can I tell you something? I do enjoy like – if I didn't give a shit at all in any way about calories or carbs, I would get a bagel sandwich the way I just described, and then I would have a second bagel that I do nothing to, and I just rip pieces off and kind of – dip it in some schmear and eat it and that's delicious yes. yeah but that's when i get the way of eating a bagel we haven't even really talked about that no no no. it's a whole th- you can just that's grab all, it we can do rip, all hour on that you're ripping and dipping next next in the back like like uh he who should not be named yeah yeah aw talk next week and the week after we'll talk about ripping and dipping yeah ripping and dipping is the thing for sure we'll uh, the finishes order though the guy got an egg everything bagel lightly toasted turkey tomato slice and cucumber dill cream cheese the special like ma- the special he says the specialty cream cheese solves for the dipperstein dilemma of piling on too many water soluble vegetables by capturing the essence of pickles without the sogginess enjoy yourselves and stay mage john john my only issue with this bagel is this is me and I do think I'm right, but hey, once you go turkey or any sort of cold cut, the cream cheese part is done. Well, I, that's no longer a bagel that gets cream cheese. I don't. Agreed. That's it, a, a cream cheese bagel has cream cheese. It has you can put vegetables, tomatoes, whatever. You I could put tuna on cream cheese. You could you could do two. I wouldn't order that. I would only make that if I'm ripping and dipping. I would never order cream <laughs> cheese and tuna. But yes, you could. You, I you, you can go locked. I'm you sick. Can go, I'm a sick. Yeah, but you all, but dip, you're also, again, out of this conversation. You do cream cheese and then lettuce and a slice of cheese. You're a freak. They shouldn't even <laughs> be asking you their order. You're a maniac. I know, I know. I, first of all, the other thing is you're talking about water soluble uh, items to be put on a bagel. Once you put a tomato on a bagel, it's a whole nother situation. You're getting absolute sogginess, a thousand percent sogginess, unless you put it in between things that are going to soak up. The water soluble nature of the uh, of the fruit. <laughs> I, listen, if, if, this is only if you have like a disgusting, overly ripe tomato. Natalie picks the most perfect tomatoes. Every slice is a little crisp. It's it's just giving you tomato, but it's not sogging. This is why you're marrying this woman because she's a good tomato picker. Oh my god, there's there's among, there's so many, many reasons. reasons. Is she on the Mount Rush of tomato picking? 
She's on the Mount Rush of, of like food picking in general for for grocery store items. There's, she's one of the best in the biz today. I, I love that. I'll never forget that Jerry Seinfeld bit where people are, are rolling the cantaloupes down the aisle. <laughs> I love their touching. <laughs> their feeling. I love that bit. That's um, a great bit. All right, Dib, you have to go uh, now? Yeah, I just want to say, you know, I think um, what you should have had on the, the egg, everything is, is good for any situation. You could put turkey on it. I think what you need to have on there is lettuce and uh, mayonnaise. And mustard, maybe mustard, but definitely mayonnaise. Well, you remember my order the other night after Summer Jam. After Summer Jam, we did the late night bagels. Yeah. Um, and I got a sesame bagel. Mm-hmm. I don't recall this. I did, I did, I think, scooped out sesame bagel, honey turkey, lettuce, tomato, red onion, honey mustard, just a straight up sandwich, a delicious yeah. just sandwich. Yeah, once, I'll go with that. Once I go turkey, it's sandwich time. I, I, by the way, I don't even call it a bagel anymore. I call it a sandwich on a bagel. On a bagel. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. not a bagel Big distinction. Anymore. I'm sorry I forgot what your order was. I was too busy looking at the uh, different kinds of laundry detergent in this so-called bagel place that you uh, <laughs> think is a bagel place. That's open 24 hours, by the way. That's even that's even a, that's even more, less of a reason for it. To by be the way, we 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 figured out what the issue here is. And by the way, I don't know why you're complaining about this place that is a delicious and b open love, all the time. I but, love the place. I'm all but, in on the place. The but, other but, better than the other place. That egg everything. I'm not going to say the place. The egg everything that I posted. Let me tell you something. All the everything essence no. fell right off the egg it was everything. Bad. I was eating an egg. So it was wait, an you, egg. you posted it without without tasting for us. You posted it off site. Well, yeah, it was he, a nice sign, so I posted he, he it. He just wanted an egg everything oh. sign. So, by yeah. the way, Dip, we went to another place that was dedicated to bagels, like an absolute confirmed bagel place, right? Yeah, that was confirmed. No argument. It's a bagel place. That They have this chips. A- they have drinks. They have coffee. They have bagels. They have desserts. That's it. It's a bagel yeah. place. Yes. The purpose and, is a bag. The purpose of the establishment is to provide bagels to a purveyor of bagels. And they and they paled to the other bagel place, which we realized the big difference here is dip. They say on their sign, blank bagel and deli. It says and deli. The deli is where you get the batteries and the detergent. That's the <laughs> deli part. If the I bagel can buy parts, batteries, it's not a bagel place. <laughs> all right, everyone. I guess that's actually going to do it for all of us. We all have to go now. I have a, I have a call. I have a call with the cantor today, the rabbi for the wedding. Oh, Mike, the cantor who you're paying a fortune to. This fortune cantor. Five <laughs> weeks from Saturday. Five? No, five weeks from last Saturday. From last Saturday? Yeah, yeah. Five weeks from last Saturday. You know that? That's dip. I mean, uh, SGG, have you learned nothing from the way WWE promotes? <laughs> no, that's I know. Four weeks from this Saturday. Four weeks from this Saturday. <laughs> one day. Once you get one day past the for the last PLE. <laughs> It's the four weeks from the next day. Yeah, so yeah. No, uh, it's actually, I mean, you know, if you want to make it in wrestling terms, the wedding date is officially one week after Money in the Bank. It is one week from Money in the Bank. <laughs> and if you're talking AEW, today we hear from the canter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. We'll get to the, uh, we'll do Black Power rankings next week. We'll do some more mailbag. Shouts to Shayna Baszler. If you didn't hear that interview, go check it out. She was a really fun listen. And uh, do us do us a favor, guys. Stay major and enjoy yourself. Yeah, stay major. This is the main event of the evening. At this time, I would like to introduce in the corner to my left the majesty, sweet sweet Peter Rosenberg. And then I went to makeup and like sat in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I would like to introduce.